0: Listening
1: to the Issues on Appeal Podcast. Well, this isn't your usual episode. It's the ever-present this time of year, slightly cheesy, holiday spectacular episode. Thanks for joining me for episode 41, Pellet Thankful. This show is again sponsored by Court Surety Bond Agency, the nation's leading surety agency specializing in supersedious bonds. More about CSBA later in the show. Yeah, this is the time of year for holiday episodes, and frankly, 2020 seems like a good year to count our blessings. We all have our own things to be thankful for this time of year. This show is about appellate lawyers and the appellate lifestyle. So I asked some of Florida's top appellate lawyers. What do you love about being an appellate lawyer? What are you thankful for? The answers were more different than I expected, but had a common theme. We love what we do for a lot of good reasons. And here they are in everyone's own words.
2: Hey, Dwayne, this is Jamie Bilotti-Moses from Holland and Knight. Um, What I would say I'm most thankful for about uh, the appellate practice or the practice of appeals in general is the fact that it, it's just a pure form of practicing law, I feel. Um, you don't get mixed up in the, the conflict that you do at the trial court level. Traditionally, there's a, a generally good relationship with your opposing counsel, and it's just the purest of practice Um, the law is the law, the facts are the facts, and you just get to argue those and use those as they already are versus um, fighting over a document or fighting over a witness. It's already all there and you just have to work with what you have. I find that that is incredibly peaceful. Um, The lack of conflict in the practice uh, is what is the, what I'm most thankful for about practicing appellate law.
3: Hello, this is Courtney Brewer with Bishop & Mills in Tallahassee. In reflecting on why I'm thankful to be an appellate lawyer, it's hard to ignore the flexibility that comes with the job, particularly in light of the past year. You can research, write briefs, and now even do oral arguments from the safety of your own home. As mom with three kids ages five, seven, and nine, that has been a much appreciated feature of the practice lately in my household. But outside of pandemic times, what I am most thankful for when I think about appellate practice is the constant challenge it presents. I anyone who knows me knows I'm not one to avoid hard work or volunteering for a task. And let's face it, no one goes to law school because it, or being a lawyer, is an easy thing to do. But appellate practice in particular allows an attorney to learn an entirely new area of the law with every case. This does have a downside in that I'm not an expert in any area, but I do get to consult with the actual experts, learn new facts, which in my practice often involve key moments in the life stories of very real people, master a new issue, figure out how the puzzle of law and facts fit together, and regurgitate all that and make the best case to another group of generalists, i.e. appellate judges, all to hopefully be a part of justice being done. Then I move on to the next one. Every case is a chance to learn something new and meet a new challenge, so here's to another year of growing and evolving, and I hope that Dwayne and everyone in the Issues on Appeal universe has a safe and happy holiday season.
4: My name is Joe Eagleton, and I'm an appellate attorney in Tampa with the firm Brannock, Humphreys & Berman. What I like most about being an appellate lawyer is the confused look on the faces of non-lawyers when they ask what kind of law I practice, and I say, appeals. So do you do family law, they say? Yep if it's an appeal. What about injury cases? Yes, those too. Business disputes? You betcha. It never ceases to amaze me how many non-lawyers, and let's be honest, some lawyers too, have never stopped to think about appellate law as its own specialty. But seriously, the uniqueness of our practice area is what I'm most thankful for. As an appellate lawyer, I get to learn about and work on new and interesting issues every day. Because ours is a specialization more in procedure than in substance, we get to be family law attorneys one day and constitutional scholars the next, or even try our hand, as I'm doing today actually, at criminal law. Obviously, we aren't subject matter experts in all these topics, but being an appellate lawyer means we get to touch so many different areas of the law. We never stop learning new things, whether it's some intricacy of how to obtain a patent or, as I had to learn in a recent case, the nuances of the resale market for airplane parts. I'm sure that'll come in handy someday. This means, though, that we're constantly becoming better lawyers, more educated people, and that our jobs, despite all the jokes we make about it, are never boring. So as we celebrate the holidays in this most unusual of years, I know I will be taking time to reflect on how lucky I am. Not just because they get to come in this cool podcast, but because they have the opportunity to be an appellate lawyer. Happy holidays, everyone.
5: This is Deneen Waslick at DPW Legal in Tampa, and I am really, truly thankful to be a part of the appellate community here in Florida and nationwide, frankly, um, because I think that the appellate bar is one of the most collegial bars um In the world, the people who do regular appellate work are wonderfully helpful and just brilliant and smart and willing to share that with you to help you do better um, and even when they're on the other side, they are helpful in the sense that we all know that we have to see each other <laughs> every day um, and regularly and you know play the long game of being collegial, even when we are on opposite sides of the team. I can just think of one example. Very recently, I got a question from a potential pro bono client, so I wasn't going to be paid. And then I imposed on other friends um, in the appellate community because it was a really very narrow and specialized kind of appeal that I had not done before, but I thought maybe some of the other folks had and it turned into the most wonderfully helpful email thread within just minutes. Um, you know our, our current section chair and a couple other folks uh, went ahead and emailed me specific case citations even to just cut out you know lots of research on my part and help me figure out quickly whether this was a case that I could um, take and be helpful helpful for. And um, everyone was so instantly generous with their time and knowledge, and that is the kind of thing that makes it wonderful to be a lawyer and wonderful to work with others. Um, I really feel like the appellate bar cares about the law and wants the law to be right and right for all and not just right for their particular client on one particular point and really helps guide the development of the law in the proper way. Um, and so I am thankful for that. And I wish everyone a happy and healthy new year in 2021. 2020 has not been the best year for most of us, I'm sure. Um, and But we've all, in the appellate section, been able to um, probably pivot a little better too because we're kind of used to being alone behind our computers doing research. Um, but having each other to reach out to has made it Bearable. So thanks to all and happy 2021.
6: Hi there, my name is Morgan Weinstein and I'm a partner at Trig Trade and Tribunal PLLC. I focus my practice on appellate law and trial support. Um, This season, and in particular in 2020 of this season, I am thankful for our practice's ability to allow me to be flexible. I have a wife who works in the emergency department at a hospital, which, as uh, any of you could imagine, I'm guessing, uh, is more trying this year than it has been in years past and probably will continue to be more trying for the foreseeable future. Uh, We also have a small child. We have a daughter who's um, going on five years old. And so... um, This year, I've been a preschool teacher, I've been a swim instructor, um, I've been any number of things that I normally wouldn't be during the daytime of each day of each week. Um, and so the ability to be flexible has been critical to that success. Um, our practice is one in which you can have kind of predictable deadlines in terms of when briefs are going to be due, when motions and responses are going to be due. And you can also kind of predictably um, get extensions on those deadlines by requesting that from the court. Usually the parties agree and the collegiality in our practice As I'm guessing everybody else who's talking about what they're thankful for in this podcast is going to say is um, exceptional. Uh, but apart from that, The ability to get those extensions and the ability to have predictable deadlines and the ability to perform your work at any time and anywhere you want is... Absolutely necessary under the best of circumstances, and just a delight under um, even better circumstances, I guess. I used to say that we were really privileged um, because, as an anecdote, I was able to file a brief one time when I was in the Netherlands. Um, Now it's the ability to file a brief at 11 p.m. because I've been being a preschool teacher or a swim instructor or any of those other roles um, that I've been taken on um, that's been just perfect for me in this time with this practice. And so I've been busier than ever, and really the only way that I've been able to keep that going is because of the flexibility that our practice in particular has already afforded people even before this crisis started. So I hope you all are doing well or at least okay out there this holiday season. Uh, happy holidays, and we will speak to you soon.
2: This is Robin Bresky, and I love being an appellate lawyer because it gives me the opportunity to research so many various areas of the law and always learn something new and interesting. I also love being an appellate lawyer because my colleagues are wonderful and anytime I call any of them for their perspective, they're always so willing to give of their time and it's my pleasure to help other appellate attorneys and trial attorneys alike when they have questions, whether it be substantive or procedural. Wishing everybody a very happy Thanksgiving.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Court Surety Bond Agency, the nation's leading surety agency specializing in supersedious bonds. If you have a client needing to stay enforcement of a judgment in Florida or any other state or federal court, contact CSBA. They can be reached at 877-810-5525. Their contact information is always in the show notes. I suggest you take this opportunity right now to add CSBA's contact information to your own contact list so that you're ready the next time your client needs a court bond. I'm thrilled to have a great company like CSBA as a longtime sponsor of the podcast. CSBA is a national agency that assists with court bonds all over the United States and has extensive experience in Florida. I suggest you take a minute, visit their website, courtsurety.com, which is full of valuable resources including a state-by-state guide to appellate bond requirements and a comprehensive FAQ on collateral, underwriting, and the application process. The next time a client needs a supersedious bond, please give Court Surety Bond Agency a call. These folks are experts in this area. They'll guide you and your client through the process, giving you one less thing to worry about. Since this is a special holiday episode, I thought it made sense to ask Dan Huckabay of CSBA to comment as well. Dan and Arturo and his folks are definitely a part of Florida's appellate community. Hi, everyone. This is Dan
0: Huckabay with Court Surety Bond Agency. I get to give a different spin on the show today about what I like working with the appellate community. When Dwayne mentioned this topic to me, I immediately said to him, this is going to be really easy. Believe it or not, we actually talk about this topic quite a bit in our office. I'd have to say the number 1 reason I like working with the appellate community is the appreciation it gives me for the incredible country we live in. Day in and day out I get to see the magic of the rule of law as a spectator and I've just never seen a group of people care more about the law than appellate attorneys. It's it's inspiring. The second thing I would say I really enjoy about working with the appellate community is in general they have to be the Kindest and most respectful group of people that I've ever been around. There's just a sincerity and it's refreshing. Lastly, on a personal level, I would probably say I enjoy the intellectual thinking that appellate attorneys tend to have. One of my favorite things about attending appellate events is the variety of interesting presentations and conversations that I get to participate in. And I really miss that and I can't wait to get back to it soon. Anyway, that's it for me. Happy holidays, everyone. Take care and stay safe.
7: This is Thomasina Moore, Director of Appeals with the Statewide Guardian Ad Litem Office. I want to thank you for inviting me to participate in this holiday-themed edition of Issues on Appeal podcast. Really happy to be here. And I wanted to share with everyone what makes me Love being an appellate attorney and and why I wanted to be one. And I think that it goes all the way back to when I was a little kid and I was learning to read and I was always hooked on mysteries. I devoured Nancy Drew when I was in, you know, elementary school, moved into Agatha Christie as I went on in school and into my high school years and then moved into Jean Lacarre and some of the other real spy novels and other mystery novels out there. And I've always loved it. I've always loved them because I love seeing if I can find the clue along the way. And, pick that up and then take all of the various clues you get and put it together to solve the mystery. I think appellate law is very much like that. At least it is for me. Uh, Trial work, it's an open landscape and, and trial lawyers can create their own themes and develop their theory of the case. And appellate lawyers have the record come to them, but just because it comes to you as as the record and the way the record is doesn't mean that you can't get in there and develop your own themes and figure out your own theories of the appeal. And you can and you really do need to. And what I find is going through the record, finding those facts or those clues, those little nuggets in there that I know will help me with my case. And then getting into Lexis or Westlaw and doing the research and tracking down the cases and following one that leads you to another, that leads you to another to get to just that right quote that you are looking for. You know, usually it's a few words, but there's a perfect few words if you're lucky and then you can overlay that law onto those facts that you have and create your own theory and, and solve the mystery of the case in in that way. And I've always loved doing that and, It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to learn about so many different areas of the law, which appellate lawyers do, and just a lot of fun to learn all of these new theories and tools that you have as an appellate lawyer that you can take out and and, um, apply in a particular case. So I just have fun and, you know, I'm, I'm the proverbial happy little clam doing what I'm doing. And I would be remiss if I did not do what I'm sure everybody is going to do. And that is to say that another thing I love about being an appellate lawyer is all the people I get to work with. I just find them to almost uniformly be just a very nice group of people, very warm, very welcoming and, you know, above all kind. And I think the world could always use more kindness. And so I like being in an area of the law where that's really a common occurrence and enjoy that aspect of it as well. So, uh, again, thank you for giving me the chance to talk to you about why I love appeals. And I hope you and all of your listeners have a safe and healthy holiday season. Thank you.
8: Hello, my name is Nick Shanine, and my segment for this special holiday edition of Issues on Appeal podcast is going to be titled Grandma's Punch. So there's my teaser title, Uh, but I know that the theme is actually being thankful, which uh, goes with all of the holidays around this time of year, be it Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or Christmas or Festivus even. We are all thankful for Festivus, of course, and its feats of strength and airing of grievances. But uh, regardless of which of these holidays we're talking about, being thankful is at the core of at least most of them. Festivus might actually be an exception now that I think about it, but I digress. Um, So I am thankful, particularly as an appellate lawyer, for the collegiality and camaraderie which is so inherent to our practice area. Uh, There is no area that I can think of where uh, the people practicing directly against each other are so automatically apt to uh, see things the same way, to work with each other, to try to build the record together, to happily and gladly provide extensions or other courtesies, uh, and even after the argument is done, to, uh, to reach out to one another and and uh, give them positive feedback on their uh, performance as an oral argument uh, conductor. So that's all there, but none of that has to do with grandma's punch, or so it would appear. Uh, but it does, but it does. Uh, so here in Orange County, the Orlando area, uh, we have our longstanding appellate practice committee, uh, which could have been called the appellate law committee, but one of its founding members, John Hamilton, made it very clear Appellate law? There is no appellate law. This is not some trade school thing like criminal law or family law. We are a practice. So he is correct, of course. It is a practice. And the Appellate Practice Committee uh, was born. Jamie uh, Bilotti Moses was our first uh, chair. And uh, ever since that first year that we started the Appellate Practice Committee in Orange County, the holidays required a gathering. And fortunately, one of our long term founding members, Betty Wheeler, uh, one of two board certified appellate attorneys named Elizabeth Wheeler in the state, another story for which I digress. Uh, But the one that's in Orlando uh, would always host the party at her house, which happened to be located very close to downtown Orlando, very convenient. Uh, So we would always uh, conspire to converge on her uh, domicile. Sometime in December, and we would bring the goodies and whatnot, but there was one goodie we need not bring, and that was any form of punch because she had her special recipe for Grandma's Punch. And let me tell you, I don't know about your grandma, but Betty's grandma, she can throw a haymaker. That Grandma's Punch uh, came packing, and it it was always... Uh, the centerpiece, but we all brought our, our goodies to go with it. I was uh, traditionally uh, the guy who stopped by Honey Baked Ham for a little ham and a little turkey to uh, uh, make sure that there was something to help you uh, soak up some of that grandma's punch. Uh, but uh, it was always very well attended. Uh, you know, People across the spectrum of appellate practice would show up. We even had uh, Judge Palmer and his wife came a couple of times uh, judge Lawson, now Justice Lawson has definitely been an attendee uh, so and the good news is even with the potential for a judge or two to drop by, uh, no one put on airs or worried about formalities. it was definitely uh, casual and uh, fun and just a great opportunity to unwind and tell tales and have a good time with in each other's company and so that it is my story of grandma's punch and why that symbolizes the camaraderie that it is to be an appellate practitioner. And so I am thankful for that and thankful to my good friend, Dwayne Diker for giving us this opportunity to speak about us and our love for our practice. Thanks and happy holidays, everyone.
9: Hi, I'm Sarah Amin. I'm an appellate lawyer in Tampa, Florida and here to talk today about some of the things that I'm especially grateful for in being an appellate lawyer. And truly, there are many things that I'm grateful for when it comes to being an appellate lawyer, and I've talked about a lot of them on this podcast. But one thing that I'd like to speak to is the role, the very special role of getting to be part of the process of making case law, getting to be part of the process of making precedent. A lot of times when we think about how law is made, we think of our legislature, of course. But in terms of precedent, that happens in the appellate courts. And so that's something that I'm especially grateful for. And in that process, we get to really take the time to look at all sides of an issue, how how it affects different areas of the law that aren't necessarily the area involved in your specific case and how, you know, public policy issues arise based on the outcome of your appeal and how that affects all, all sorts of litigants, all sorts of citizens, um, all sorts of interests and so, really, you know, being able to take the time to look at all sides of an issue and figure out how the resolution fits into the big picture is something that very much interests me when I'm handling my cases. And, and I love that that is very much a part of the appellate process. So, that is something that I'm grateful for. And I, I think that that's, you know, something that's shared among my fellow appellate practitioners. Um, Being a member of the appellate bar is a privilege and it's something that we all enjoy. I want to thank the Issues on Appeal podcast for having me and I wish all of the listeners out there a very happy holiday season and a wonderful new year.
10: Dwayne, thank you for inviting me to contribute to your holiday episode on what we are most thankful for about being an appellate lawyer. Even though 2020 has been a tough year for everyone, I have so many things to be thankful for as an appellate lawyer. Maybe too many to mention in just this few-minute podcast. <laughs> One, I, I've already talked about in my chair's message for November in the Florida bar, to the Florida Bar's Appellate Practice Section. I, I'm so thankful to be a member of and a chair to the bars appellate practice section. We have such a healthy and vibrant section, even during these crazy times. Uh, One of the first things that really stood out to me when I joined the section, I don't know, maybe eight or so years ago was how inviting and accepting everyone was. I I know that my first meeting was actually at an appellate uh, judges conference and it was already intimidating being there with nothing but appellate judges. But then at that first meeting, Seeing you know everybody in the executive committee going to their table to uh uh to to run the meeting and not do i do I sit at the table, do I sit behind the table et cetera, and then having somebody say, "Hey, just come on over here and sit i mean it was it was always so so welcoming <laughs> and, and 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 so i'm very thankful for that i'm also very thankful for our our bar liaison sherry wright i don't know if she listens to your podcast, Wayne, but she is what keeps this section running smoothly year after year. And she's been so important to uh, having a successful chair year thus far. So I'm very thankful for her. Finally, you know, I I think I'm very thankful for – I know this is probably something everybody's saying, but I'm very thankful for how collegial and professional our appellate bar is. There's often so much nastiness in the practice of law where people will, will often attack the other lawyer instead of just litigating the pure legal and factual issues. Many of us forget the mantra that our clients' problems are not our problems, and then things quickly become unnecessarily personal. But this is generally not true for the appellate bar, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I, I was reminded of that actually recently in an appeal I have against another outstanding experienced appellate attorney. Since this appeal is still pending, I'll keep this anecdote relatively general, I represent the appellant in this case, and one of my arguments for reversal was that certain procedurally required acts had not occurred because the appellate record, and, and or even the trial record for that matter, lacked certain documents evidencing that these acts had occurred. What I did not know was that they had actually occurred among the trial attorneys. The record just didn't reflect it because no one had filed any of the documents. So in our answer brief... Opposing counsel could have taken me to task about what looked like a misrepresentation of the procedural facts in my own brief. This would have really been embarrassing, to be honest, and, and frustrating, uh, because nobody wants to misrep, or at least I don't, and, and I think, think most people in the in the appellate bar do, want to misrepresent something, even inadvertently. It also would have cluttered the real legal issue, which was whether certain documents needed to be filed or whether mere service of them satisfied the procedural requirements instead of making it personal or attacking that situation or, or trying to make pull one over on me, opposing counsel simply emailed and called me to tell me, you know, what, what was really going on, uh, something that I didn't know. And after discussing it with my trial attorney to find out, yep, certain documents had been served. They just hadn't been filed. Uh, opposing counsel and I were then able to amicably decide to allow her to supplement the record with these unfiled documents uh, and allowed me uh, to amend my brief to, one, correct what appeared to be a misrepresentation, but also revise the argument to really zero in on what was the real legal issue. So for me, it was, refreshing, it was a refreshing example of our bar's professionalism and collegiality. And, and I thank you again, Duane, for inviting me, and I wish everybody a happy holiday.
11: Happy holidays. This is Matt Conigliero. I'm with Carlton Fields, and I'd like to share some thoughts about what I'm most thankful for this holiday season. In many respects, it's been a long and unpredictable year, but when it's all said and done, the part of appellate practice that I am most thankful for this year is extensions of time. I know, you're saying that's what I'd be thankful for in any old year, and that's true, but that's because extensions of time are just that important. Maybe I missed the CLE on how to get judges and trial counsel and clients to do their thing all in a nice orderly line that lets you work on one thing and then gently transition to the next and, and so on and so on. Now I definitely missed that CLE. So let me get to the thanks. I don't want to forget anyone, but there are just so many who deserve the credit for making Extensions of Time possible. First, opposing counsel thank you for agreeing, or at least not objecting. I guess most of the time. There are a few exceptions out there, and you know who you are. I hope you get coal in your stocking. And of course, the courts, without whose, let's just say, ambitious deadlines, extensions of time would not be possible or needed thank you for allowing agreed extensions. And and really, I'm not sure there's anything more elating than when you have to do it by motion and your email dings. So you look down and you see those magic words, motion granted. And last, thank you to the clients whose cases are messed up so much that I need more time. And I know you especially like it when we're in the 50 CA and they make me certify that I've sent you a copy of the motion. That's a special moment. I'm sure I've forgotten someone. So let me just say thank you to everyone who makes extensions of time possible, including Duane, who gave me an extension of time to get this message in. Happy holidays, everyone.
1: Well, you heard from 12 members of our appellate community. In the spirit of the season, that seems like just about the right number. Like the others you heard from, I'm thankful that I have found my niche in the practice of law. I love what I do for all of the reasons you just heard. All of them. In addition to that, I'm thankful for my colleagues who are always helping me out, including way too many requests to appear on this podcast. I'm thankful to Court Surety Bond Agency for being a fantastic partner in this podcast and continuing to support the show please return the favor and call CSBA for any appellate bond needs that you may have. And I'm thankful to all of you who listen to the show. I do this for fun, for the creative itch to be able to say my piece on certain things, and maybe, like Steve Jobs talked about, maybe to make a small dent in the universe. Thanks for finding the value in the show and listening. I'll close the show with a virtuoso performance by my friend, James Howes, performing O Come All Ye Faithful on the pipe organ at Riverside Church in New York City. Next episode will be out in two weeks. I hope you will continue to download and listen.